Good morning. It is so good to have you here. Ephesians chapter 2, if you would take your Bibles, I'm just going to read a verse or two in a moment. Matt, thank you for leading us um, in worship this morning. Scott Weaver, thank you for wearing a sweater that coordinates with your mic. I don't know if you realize how much attention to detail that we give on a regular basis just so that you are comfortable. You know, I I was thinking about today as I was driving to the office and across the the bridge, the west branch of the Susquehanna, and looked out to the right. I don't know if you noticed that or not. And the ice chunks in the river, and there's the steam or fog coming off the water, and the sky was gorgeous. And I thought about, I thought about what, Matt read earlier that literally the heavens declare the glory of God. Every, every bit and every piece of creation just screams of a creator. And we thank the Lord for that. Uh, what, what a privilege that we have to be together as family. Thank you, uh, Uncle Eddie, for the special music today. Just saturated, soaked in the gospel And uh, we are so grateful to gather together in God's house on God's day to focus really on the Lord. Um, Before we go any further, I just ask that you would bow your heads with me. And as we dedicate uh, a neat chapter today, as we examine the state of the church at Big Woods Bible Church to the Lord, um, let's bow our heads and and, uh, ask for God to be glorified in all things. Father, we are just so amazed at who you are, and we are amazed, Lord, at your grace that allow us to be children of you, having expressed um, a desire to have you as Lord of our life. God, I would ask that we now would seek your wisdom from your word on how best to do that, that literally the gospel continues to go forward in the community that you've called us to be a part of. God, I pray for this community that in many ways is ensnared in darkness. Father, I would ask that you would allow us to understand very clearly today what our role is as we move forward. Lord, we thank you and we give all the glory to you for everything that has happened by way of you in in your love and in your majesty of having changed lives from from being ensnared in darkness to be ones who live in the light and walk in the light. Father, I pray, Lord, for other brothers in Christ right now who are preaching the gospel in this community. I ask, Lord, that you would empower them and equip them. Father, we just give give you all the praise, and we ask, Lord, that you would guide us this morning. We ask this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I've uh, entitled our state of the church address as transformed lives, transforming a community. And that's really what we want to pause and concentrate on this morning, on today. So please understand that as I give a, an official report, so to speak, it is not a report. It's not going to be a report about numbers, okay, or, or budgets or programs. It is very clearly a report on the state of the church. Now, let me remind you that the church is what? The church is comprised of people. And people matter because every single person has a soul. Every single person has a soul. And each soul 
is eternal, which means what? Each soul will exist for all of eternity in one or two places. That is heaven or hell. Therefore, I want to remind you that as I'm speaking this morning, and every time I teach and preach and when I pray and when I write, I do not ever want to lose fact that literally, literally, heaven and hell await. That's why there's an urgency. There's something that is pressing whenever we deal with the, the lives of people. That's why I am committed, and that's why we together as a body are committed to what? What is our, our mission? To love God and love people. From that, we have a vision, and our vision, which you see all over the place on a regular basis, is clearly stated. Our vision at Big Woods Bible Church is to build relationships. To build relationships so that God is glorified in what? Lives, families, and our community, this community, is transformed. Literally, it's changed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have regularly and repeated to, to, you, to show you the Vision 2020 that we have established. It's on a website. It's on all of our promotional material. And you see through that, very intentionally, we are to preach the word of God with an uncompromising focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We teach our children the gospel of Jesus Christ. Virtually every single ministry, you will notice an intentional emphasis a central theme rests in the gospel. Now think about it. What is gospel? Gospel, literally the word means good news. There is a holy God who created man. Man chose to sin. The result of sin is death. But God still loves us. God loved us enough to come to earth, live a sinless life, die on the cross as the payment for our sins, Jesus rose from the dead, and he defeated sin, and death, and Satan, and hell. Now, you and I have the privilege and the opportunity to put our faith and our trust into Jesus to forgive us of our sins so that we lived, what, a transformed life, a life that is different than it once was. We were in darkness, and now we are in light. We were in death, and now we are alive. Ephesians chapter 2, let me direct your attention to just one portion of of verses 1 through 10 of Ephesians chapter 2. I want to direct your attention to the central theme, which is verse 4, and it says this, But God, being rich in mercy, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together, With Christ, by grace, you have been saved. You think about it. We were dead, but through Christ, what made us alive? The central theme of the gospel is what transformed lives. So as we begin this report, please understand, please know that there there are no, in our community, no Alcoholics Anonymous, no Narcotics Anonymous. No Gamblers Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, Undereaters Anonymous, whatever it is, Beautiful People Anonymous, there's, there's nothing that is going to transform you that the world has to offer. It may temporarily tame things, but it cannot and it will not transform. 
So we talk about the gospel, it's what? It's not a detox program. It's not a rehab program. The gospel is more than treatment. The gospel is transformational. For the people who take anger management classes, think about it. That's exactly what they do. They teach us how to manage our anger where God desires for what? God desires for your anger to be transformed. The anger that you have in your own circumstances, the anger that you have towards people. God desires to transform that into a love for other people. So understand there's no class that you can take. There's no book that you can read. There's no pill that you can take. Instead, what do we do? We must give our lives entirely to God because God is in the business of transforming lives at a deeper level, an inner level, and a soul level. The reason is that every single thing that we struggle with today, take anger, take selfishness, worry, fear, pride, lust, jealousy, greed, it's a sin issue. We live in a community that has an alcohol problem in our community. We live in a community that has a drug problem in our community. Understand this. That is not a sickness. Okay, it's rooted in a sin issue. So we talk about the fact that we offer something as a church that literally transforms a community. Does this... Does this really happen? Now, honestly, does this honestly and accurately happen? When people come to me and they question the existence of God, people come to me and they question the authority, the validity of Scripture. When people come to me and they ask me, what, why church? They even question the, the purpose of the local church. Inevitably, what I do every single time is I introduce them to a person whose life has been transformed by the power of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every single time, that's what I do. Not only can they not deny it, you can't deny a person who once was this, but now there's something entirely different. They can't explain it. Why? Romans chapter 1 says this, The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Therefore, as we pause this morning to examine the state of Big Woods Bible Church, we will do two things. The first thing that we will do is this. We will celebrate the transformed lives that we have seen in the past year. That's what we will do. Second thing that we will do this morning is that we will pray, prepare, and plan for more transformed lives in the years to come. Why? Because transformed lives transform a community. You get that? It's cold out, I understand, but it's warming up. Transform the lives, transform an entire community. First off, we celebrate the transformed lives that we've seen in the past year. In the weeks to come, in the months to come, you will hear specifically on Sunday morning testimonies from people whose lives have been transformed. You'll also be able to go online and you will be able to hear those for yourself. But until that time, let me just give you just a little snapshot, a tiny little glimpse of what God has done in the lives of people in our church and in our community just in this past year. His name is Stuart. He is 22 years old, a student at Lock Haven University, a professing atheist. Denied the very existence of God. 
attended New Life for more than a year before, in his own words, he met God himself. And his life is entirely transformed from what it once was. Let me introduce you to Kurt, 26-year-old young man who struggled in the darkness of depression and drug use until he completely surrendered his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Right now he is being discipled and he's actually praying and preparing about what God has for his life to serve the Lord in some capacity, full-time ministry. Let me introduce you to Jerome, 23 years old, literally locked up in a jail cell because of repeated DUIs until he attended a church service in jail. Somebody handed him a Bible and he began to read it. And God spoke to him and literally transformed his life. He was discipled by a person from this church. Jerome is now out of jail. He has returned to school and is praying about opening a gym where troubled teens can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. Melissa, a young woman who raised, was raised in a Christian home in her own testimony, wandered far from the Lord and suffered a rape. Since that time, God has given her the ability to heal from that hurt. And Melissa has learned to forgive because she understands the importance that she herself is forgiven. Melissa is being discipled. Her and her husband are raising four children. And her husband's in Bible college preparing to serve the Lord. Let me introduce you to Colin, a 22-year-old college student who from the outside looking in appeared to have everything under control. Athletic, good-looking, intelligent, great athletes. While taking an online class with his professor, a health and wellness class, he asked this question, why is it that I am lacking peace in my life? Dr. Everhart was his professor, and he saw an opportunity, and he shared the gospel. And Colin accepted not only the peace that Jesus Christ has to offer, but the joy and the love that comes when you give your life to Jesus Christ. Colin was recently baptized, and is being discipled by Brett. Take a 17-year-old girl, Laurel, student athlete from Central Mountain High School, challenged her cross-country coach to come to church, and he did. And now Coach Green is connected with a home group here, and is part of the leadership team, a fellowship of Christian athletes at Central Mountain High School, all in the last year. Introduce you today, 47 years old, who for many years lived as an alcoholic, is now through Christ been transformed and leads our Celebrate Recovery ministry here at church, ministering to and offering help through the gospel of Jesus Christ to those that are struggling with abuse and addictions. Or how about Marion, a teacher who for 33 years taught in public schools in our community, has retired, and now every week goes back to those schools after school, one day a week, to lead a CEF after 
school club teaching people the gospel of Jesus Christ. How about Fran and Mary Lou, an older couple, their grandparents that are more mature, have already raised their own children. They've been led by the Lord to come to Big Woods Bible Church, and they've stepped in to teach, get this, junior high students, grades 6, 7, and 8 on a weekly basis. Praise God. How about a young couple, Jason and Andrea, recently recommitted their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, recently were baptized And they're actually planning and they're praying right now to help our Navigate Youth Missions team this summer to Cruz Blanca, Guatemala. And the list goes on and on and on because what? Transformed lives. They're different from what they once were. We'll be transforming and are transforming a community. So we pause and we celebrate what God has done. Secondly, we pray and we prepare and we plan for more transformed lives in the years to come. Now, there's a lot involved with this. I want you to know that. I break it into two areas. The first area is the immediate, which is what? Which is right now. Right now, for you people that are sitting in this church on this day, I'm asking you that you prepare for more people. I want you to pray and I want you to look around. I want you to offer yourself to other people. Offer your kindness and your love. Offer help to people. Offer information if they need that. Offer to them the message of the gospel. Right here in this service, you're doing an excellent job. We're actually going to challenge people in the 1030 service to come to this service to free up seats in the 1030 service because it's full. And visitors aren't going to come to the 8 o'clock as much as they're going to come to the 1030 service. So so that you know you're going to get a little bit more snug in this service, Lord willing. If I can give to you a couple housekeeping, house cleaning areas. We have outside some visitor parking spots. Could I ask you this? Please do not ever park in a visitor parking spot. Therefore, visitors... If you're a visitor here, by all means, you're welcome to that. But if you're a regular attender, if you're a member of Big Woods, please don't park in the visitor parking spots. Please park off of the property unless you are handicapped, unless you have young children, or you are older. Just for your help, in the very back of your insert today, there's a map that reminds you, you can keep with you, where is it that we're supposed to park? Because you're not supposed to park in the parking lot because that's reserved for those that are older, those with young children, or those that are handicapped. Please greet other people. You think this is pretty basic, but believe it or not, it doesn't happen to the degree that it should be happening, especially if you don't know a person. I know that there's a fear that, oh no, what if they've been here before and I don't know them, I don't recognize them. Greet them. Show them kindness. Give them information to where they can take their kids to the nursery or to a Sunday school class, wherever, bathrooms, give them that information. Give them your own parking spot if need be. Give them your seats. We have to offer ourselves to other people. Let me give you another thing to do. Invite other people to church to hear about the transforming gospel 
of Jesus Christ. Right now, you can do that. You can go out and do that this week. Let me give you something else that you can do. Prepare to share your own story. Every single one of you has a story how Jesus Christ has changed your life in some capacity. Prepare to share that because others need to hear about your life and what Jesus Christ has done. Commit to be committed. That means faithful in your attendance. That means faithful in your sacrifice and your tithing, the giving of your monies to the Lord, an area that every single one of us can continue to improve on. Commit to be committed in serving the Lord, of offering your resources that you have been blessed with. Remember this, heaven and hell awaits. It is a pressing, urgent matter of eternity. I'm looking forward, after our Mission Sunday next week, of beginning a two-month series that deals specifically with stewardship. It all belongs to the Lord's. And we are what? We're commissions. To just manage what is his. We're going to have opportunity and Tony's going to bring you up to speed in the weeks to come on how we can give online as opposed to just through the offering plate by way of convenience and increasing the opportunities for you to give. Learn about ministry opportunities. Every single person has been gifted. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to launch a class where you can learn about your spiritual gifts so that every person is exercising their spiritual gifts so that God is glorified through you and your ministry you've been called to. Mission trips, whatever it is, you're seeking to serve other people. Let me remind you that church is not about you. It's about other people. Future, what is next? Here it is. I am blessed personally, to be surrounded by good and godly elders who share the vision that we have for this body. And so as we have been meeting together on a weekly basis, as we pray together, we recognize there is help that we need as elders, that there is a skill set that is needed for us to have around us as we move forward. And so what we have done is that we have actually brought together what I call a Vision 2020 planning team that has been commissioned with the full authority and blessing of the elders to plan and prepare to implement the right steps so we can continue to move forward. That team consists of Dr. Turner, Eric Evans, Scott Heckman, and Bill Newman, who have offered their skill set to us as a body. Allow me to just take a minute to introduce Thane as he shares with us some things that we can do specifically as we plan and prepare for the future. Thane. Okay, there we go. Uh, quick introduction, first service, probably don't have to do this quite as much, but I'm, I'm Zane Turner, for those of you that don't know me, uh, local physician in the community, I'm blessed, my wife Rachel, uh, four children, we were trying to figure out how long it had been since we'd been to Big Woods, and we quickly remembered that uh, Caleb wasn't born, we were, uh, pre- Rachel was pregnant with Caleb, we had to revive the nursery ministry a little bit at Big Woods when we started attending, and between the Turners and Reese's and everybody else, we've kind of kept things going back there. So, uh, and it's uh, a blessing. Uh, you guys have ministered to us, sitting here thinking about it. Uh, 
I just would be remiss to say this body has has blessed my family, has ministered to us. You've cared for us. You've seen us through um, many things. You've prayed for my wife during her cancer and all that. So understand, we get it. But I'm here to tell you that the uh, Lord's kind of put some things on my heart and challenged me in some areas. And so uh, I'm going to just pray that he talk and, and not me. Uh, in the last year and a half, a lot of things changing, practice changing, some different things. So the Lord had already kind of started some things in my life. Tim asked myself and some others to come alongside and begin to look at things. And in all honesty, we uh, started having some meetings, started to look at some things. And one night we uh, made an arrangement to go visit a uh, local church that had uh, just gone through a major building campaign, over $4 million, huge building, all those things. And in all honesty, uh, I went that night thinking I'm going to take some measurements, going to look at some rooms, going to get some ideas, and, uh, you know, we'll kind of knock this out and then we'll move on. And uh, God had some other things in mind that night. And that night, as we walked through that building and I listened and I looked in the eyes of some men, I'll be honest with you, God talked all night to me. I saw a passion for the lost, for this community that the Lord just kept saying, you got to have this. You have to have this. And it wasn't like a guilt. It wasn't a guilt thing that we've all been in church services where, you know, people are going to hell. You don't know. This was God personally looking me in the eye and saying, what are you going to do about that? So I got specific. I started praying. I started asking God, what do you want me to do? He challenged my faith, my commitment to him, my heart for the community, and for those I come in contact with every day. How's this look? One-on-one and one-on-two, man. I've increased my accountability. I'm blessed by a number of men that speak into my life. I'm blessed with my wife. But we started asking the tough questions. And when Tim said, how do I know this is real? It's real because God is moving in tough areas. Again, this isn't, you know, signing up for this isn't easy here. I mean, right? you don't have to look around very hard. I mean, our marriages, our kids, the front page of the newspaper, you know, all of those types of things. So, again, I'm not sitting up here with something fluffy to offer, but God has been faithful. How do I know that he's faithful? Because every day that voice that night in that church is still speaking in my ear. I can feel it. I feel it in my marriage. I feel it in my kids. I feel it at work. I see it in lives. I see it on this committee. I see it. You know, this isn't a watered-down gospel. We've had to speak into some tough situations. I've had to speak truth and love. uh, And I've seen God be faithful. And I guess that would be the part of my testimony. So I'm going to challenge us as we move forward, you know, again, that uh, we have a vision Tim's placed a vision, but uh, it starts and begins and ends there. And again, it's one-on-one, one-on-two. So as I walk us through some uh, updates, um, uh, you know, we're the Vision 2020 Planning Committee. This next statement has a little bit of a, uh, you know, shock value, a little bit of a, but I'm going to remind us, you know, it's not about a building, okay? I'm going to talk about that. We're going to get specific about some of that. But uh, if we build a building, if I help work on a committee that builds a building and my marriage falls apart, didn't matter. If I build a building and my kids don't grow in the Lord, it doesn't matter. 
If I help build a building and my kids are Christians, but all the kids that go to school with them are still screwed up and messed up, it doesn't matter. Okay? If I build a building, the Lord one night challenged me, and I jokingly said at a meeting, but I think it's where I'm at, you know, if the only people in the canoe that we're taking to heaven are the people we know and our friends, and we're all, we're all in our neat little Christian group, and we're all going to heaven, but we didn't get anybody else with us, guess what? It doesn't matter. So I'm going to remind us, the only reason why all four of us are doing this is this is what it's about. It's about eternity. Okay? Now, you know, make no doubt about it. Uh, let me back up. I got going my technology here. Yeah. You know, make no doubt about it. Uh, we're pretty serious about what we're doing here. I am blessed. There's a skill set here that uh, didn't happen by accident. Uh, Eric Evans, Scott Heckman, Bill Newman have been a blessing to me. We've already seen Scott in action. I'll be honest with you, uh, when we had a kind of quote-unquote given Scott the assignment to uh, look at the land and do that type of stuff, I was blown away personally with the gifts that Scott has. But also that was an example of God speaking to me, that I will bring the right men, I will bring the right people at the right time. So uh, you know, Scott's commitment and the busyness of his life and his job and government shutdown and all the things that happened during that period of time, he gave the time to us as a body. Eric Evans, his life, his things that are going on, he's offering his skill set. Bill Newman run in their company and doing it. he's given his skill set. So again, make no doubt about it, but we all have a passion first that it's the vision first. And so we're going to continually remind us, remind us the vision first. Again, this isn't just about, you know, what's going, Big Wood's doing on this or what's Big Wood's doing on this. It's what are we doing in our marriages? What are we doing in our kids? What are we doing in the person that works right beside you? What are you doing in your community? All the things that Tim remind us. We've seen God move already. We're uh, going to continue to be active in the coming months. Uh, we do want to give you some specific updates. Uh, some of this you've heard. We owe you an update. Uh, You've heard some mention. You've heard probably some different things. There was some investigation of a potential site and a potential building. Uh, that whole process has been a difficult but fruitful blessing. And the reason why it's been difficult and fruitful is we're committed that we're going to be of one voice. We have elders. We have a pastor. And their, their God has given them the assignment to lead this church. So when you bring a bong for aggressive Let's push the push the envelope, guys. <laughs> you know, there were some difficult things that we were discussing. There's some difficult concepts that we're discussing. And one of the blessings is that God is getting us to one voice. Suffice it to say that after a full evaluation right at the moment, we're not in the same price range with that with that opportunity. But we're not stopping. This has really, really confirmed to us we gotta put in place a structured approach and a structured plan. And more than ever, we have a game plan. So as we move forward, uh, what you're going to see in the coming months is a timeline, a parallel pass. And this is where we're going to ask for your prayers and, and challenge. And again, we're not standing idly by, and our hope and our timeline is fairly aggressive in, in you know, worldly standards. But the Lord can get this done is that by May, we'll have accomplished a number of things. One, as it recurrence to vision, we're going to continually to expand that. Again, if we build a church, but it doesn't minister to the community or it's empty or, you know, whatever, it, this is all for naught. So we're going to develop that. We're going to expand that. We're going to make sure we all hear each other and understand each other and are speaking of one voice. And as Tim said, you know, do, 
Do I sense the urgency? Make no doubt about it. If you were here Christmas Eve, <laughs> you know, and once we got the singing and lit all our candles, if the fire police would have come in, they would have shut us down and said, you know, enough. So, again, we understand the urgency, but not the urgency because we need seats, but the urgency because, again, what I saw that night when I asked a gentleman, why would you do it now? There was a risk that they had to take. And I asked him, why would you do it right now? And he looked at me and he said, Two years would be too many lost lives. And I was convicted because I don't wake up every morning thinking that way at that point in time. So we're going to expand the vision. Planning, we're going to get really specific. we got to know how many rooms do we want. What's this look like? You know, what's our needs? For me, passionately, where I'm passionate about is, for me, ministry is one-on-one, one-on-two, small groups, things like that. So for me, I'll, you know, I'll throw a thing out there. I'm not all about having a, another church with another gym right at the moment. For me, I want classrooms. I want spaces. If there's a group of eight people that need a place to meet, I want them to have a place to meet. So, you know, those are the types of questions that we're wrestling through, and we're going to seek your input. But we got to make sure that we understand where we're at. And we're going to consider all and recommend the best real estate option. We are very committed that God's going to show us what's supposed to happen. And then our resources. We're going to conduct the financial planning, the assessment, and we're going to prepare for a feasibility study. And at that point in time, to be honest with you, we're going to reach out to specific families. And we're going to ask you to say, here's where we're at. Does this make sense? Does it not make sense? You tell us. Okay, we need to stop, pause, listen, take your advice. So that's an aggressive timeline. That's a lot for us to accomplish, so we need your prayers, and uh, we'll be working on that, and we'll be involving more and more people as we come along, and we'll be updating you, and you will hear what's happening. So how about you? And I'm going to bring it right back where this all has to start again. I'm going to picture sitting, you know, Eye to eye, and again, this is this. I've seen this get real. I've had to get more real with, you know, my children. I've had to get more real in relationships, and you know, I'm blessed in our small group that we're pushing each other and asking, you know, the tough questions. And and so, you know, do you understand the vision? Are you a part of it? Have you shared it? Again, put it out there. You know, our vision is to build relationships so that God is glorified in lives and families, and the community is transformed through the gospel of Jesus Christ transformed lives, transforming our community. Again, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but if the only people that we're talking about Christ to are the people, I've known a lot of you, you know, I've been here 17 years. If you're the only person I talk to about Jesus, you're the only person that I do, I'm just not convinced that's what it's all about. I think that's actually one of the attacks of the enemy right now. He has us so afraid of everything that's going to happen. I take my own little kids and my own family, and I put them, put them in my own little, little spot, and I just hope and pray that God comes back. Well, for our family, I've been, you know, we're going to funerals of kids that we know. I can't save them, but I can't continue to be rubbing shoulders with families and rubbing shoulders with kids and rubbing shoulders and just not. And again, I'm not going to specifically save them, but I'm going to get more specific in my relationships with them. And I'm going to get specific and I'm going to pray specifically. And we're going to ask the tough questions of each other. So again, what's your story? Tell it. Tell it to others. Tell it to us. Show them the real gospel. The gospel is real. Now, there's very specific doctrine, and we are blessed that that doctrine is being taught here. 
There's very specific truths in the gospel, and we're blessed. That's being taught here. But again, if it doesn't matter, you know, you know, any of your raising teens will understand that. You know, I won't embarrass my one child, but I guess she told me one night, I don't want anything to do with that. And so when blessed that on Christmas Eve this year, her testimony was a lot different than two years ago. So what's your story? Use your gifts to impact the lives for the kingdom. And again, we're going to challenge each other. We're going to work on that. We're going to help each of us understand. And most of all, pray. Pray for Big Woods Bible Church. Pray for the Lord's will be done. And again, it's, uh, we're excited. I'm blessed to have the opportunity to be in front of you. I'm not, it's not about me. It's not about a building. <laughs> it's about the gospel. If we're getting that job done, make no doubt about it, we're going to have to get a new building. <laughs> so, so make no doubt about it. We kind of understand the assignment, <laughs> and we understand what. We, but, uh, but God's done something in that commu- in that committee. And when we get together, there has not been a night, there has not been a time, there has not been a meeting that we didn't have to happen that God didn't work it out. You got four people running four different professional things, and I'll just close with this to tell one joke story and i've been praying that and we've been praying that and all the meetings have been coming together everything's been coming together and god's really been neat and it's been really neat and so one day tim called me and said hey we gotta we gotta have a follow-up and you know it was an important follow-up it was an issue with the real estate you're available to neat and he realizes that a lot of t- i have one administrative day and i think he was hoping that was the day you're available today at noon well i'm in the middle of seeing patients now nah, i can't do noon tim and and i'm in my mind, I'm just like, I can't do today. And that's where I'm at in my mind. I can't do today. But I had committed to prayer that, I, that the Lord would be in charge of this. So I said, well, you check and see. I can maybe run over at the end of office hours at 4.30. Throw out 4.30. I can come at 4.30. Maybe you pray, you text me. Because I'll text you in the afternoon. So in between patients, I you know, check my phone. Yep, there's a text. See at 4.30. Well, in my life, I'm never on time. There are those of you who kind of. So <laughs> shouldn't have said 4.30 to begin with. So I'm in the last, next to the last patient, and it's already 4.15, and I'm in that room, and I'm like, when I'm in the room, I often pray, God, whatever you're doing here, so stay for whatever you're doing here. But in my mind, I'm starting to pray, Lord, this is a mess, you know, because I told Tim 4.30. And uh, so I come out of that room, and I go to look for the next patient, and I told my staff, I said, oh, I'm really sorry, did they leave? They got tired of waiting for me, did they leave? And they said, no, they never showed up. Last patient didn't show up. Throw my chart down, grab my keys, run across. 4.30, I made it to meet with Tim. Now, I don't want to do that all the time. <laughs> but I guess I just share that, that when God wanted something to happen, God took care of that. God cared enough about my schedule that day that Tim needed one of us to be with him at this meeting and we were available. Now, most nights, that's not how we're going to do it. <laughs> but anyway, so thank you for your time. Thank you for allowing me to kind of share a bit of my story. Be in prayer. But we're in prayer for you because, to be honest, what's ministering to us and what's empowering us and what's showing us that this is all worth it is, again, transformed lives, transforming a community. Then, again, I'm very willing to try to figure out what's going on with our space. Okay. Tim, you want to close in prayer? Let me remind you what it says, Romans chapter 1. For I am not ashamed... I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And so that's really what we are rooted and we are grounded in. Um, I want to thank Dane for his sacrifice of his time 
And it's interesting. I remember that story. I didn't realize he was going to share that. There, there are many little reminders that God is in complete control on a regular basis. And I don't know about you, but I am so excited because of that. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to close in prayer. But I want to remind you this evening at 6 o'clock, I know that when you hear something like this, and as far as, okay, so what's next, and how does this happen, and what do we, um, that we'll have opportunity this evening um, to meet together. Lord willing to pray and then dialogue a little bit more on it. The only reason I do want to take the Q&A for in between the services, a lot of people from the second service won't be able to be there. And we want to make sure that this is together as a body, and so I want to remind you of that. Thank you so much for your prayers, and I would um, ask for those to be um, continual as we move together. Why don't you stand together, and we will pray. Um, I don't know if you have another song. You do in a minute. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I am so grateful for everything that you are doing and for the testimonies that are represented in this very room of people, Lord, that have literally had their lives changed because of you. Father, I just I pray that we understand the significance as to a moment like this, that as we step back and we examine, Lord, what is happening, and we also understand there's a responsibility that we now have in order to advance the gospel, that we would know what our role is, that we would pray um, individually and and as families and corporately as one body uh, for you, Lord, to direct us to take the steps that you want us to take, not what what we think we need to take. I thank you so much for um, the elders that you have blessed this church with, uh, for this um, planning team. Father, we thank you for every person. We ask, Lord, for your guidance and that you'd be glorified as we continue to to pray and plan and move forward. Um, Bless the rest of our day, our morning together. In your name we pray. Amen. You can remain standing. I think there's one closing song.